Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. In case you're wondering this morning, each time I say something wrong, this thing shocks me. <laughs> I think there's a word for that. In. Yeah, Amen. Some of you say amen. Hey, this morning, uh, as you're turning your Bibles to Romans chapter 2, I've not forgotten about the Lord's Supper. Uh, We'll spend our time in the Word this morning. It may be uh, a little on uh, the brief side, um, but I want to make sure we have uh, time for the Lord's Supper. And uh, as I stand here, it is a little on the cool side this morning. Uh, We got the heater going, and uh, so I'm going to be mindful of that as well. Romans chapter 2, the last portion, uh, we're supposed to be moving on to Romans chapter 3. This first, and, and, and let me just say this quickly, this first nine verses, or the first eight verses of Romans chapter 3, probably the most difficult and one of the more controversial passages in the whole book, and that's why I'm going to save it for next week, um, and we're just going to... Uh, focus here on verses 25 through 29. I'm going to read the scripture here this morning uh, and then let you know where we are going. Romans 2, 25. For indeed, circumcision is of value if you practice the law. But if you are a transgressor of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So if the uncircumcised man keeps the requirements of the law, Will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? And he who is physically uncircumcised, if he keeps the law, will he not judge you who, though having the letter of the law and circumcision, are a transgressor of the law? For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that which is of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter, and his praise not from men, but from God. So I, I just want to continue one more week on this theme, and, and if, um, if you need a title, um, uh, and I, I, I say it kind of tongue-in-cheek, um, um, I was thinking, who's better than who? I'm better than you. <laughs> so remember, because in Romans, in Romans, we said the Jews thought they had an advantage for two reasons. One, one, they had the oracles of God. God revealed himself through Moses to the Jews, right? And then also they had this covenant relationship of circumcision, Circumcision, literally, the Word of God uses, the the Bible uses the word sign. It was a sign of the relationship. It was not the relationship. You guys told me a couple weeks ago you were all grown-ups, you understood what circumcision meant, so I didn't have to explain it to you, right? We didn't have to do biology on Sunday morning because I'll blush and, right. So, so it was a sign of the covenant, but I felt like, um, I felt like uh, I kind of, well, I felt like I cheated you a couple weeks ago in the Word of God, okay? So we're going to take a deep breath, and we're going to say, remember in Genesis chapter 12, 
God is dealing with Abram, still his name, Abram, not yet changed. God says this to him. And this is just, this is pivotal, pivotal for the rest of the book of Romans. The Lord God said to Abram in Genesis 12, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all of the families of the earth will be blessed. Now that last phrase, we know what the fulfillment of that is and we're gonna come to that, come back to that. The fulfillment of that last phrase is Jesus Christ. He said to Abram, all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Uh, I was reading a great article uh, that one of you sent to me yesterday. Praise God for modern technology. And I was, it was the generations, the genealogy of Jesus. Jesus was going to be a direct descendant of Abram someday. God said to Abram, a couple few thousand years before Jesus was born, that Abram was going to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. In Genesis chapter 15, God begins to renew this covenant with Abraham, with Abram. And he says, O oh Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? In other words, um, not my own son. Uh, and then God said, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this man will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body, he shall be your heir. God is telling this, this 100-year-old man and his 90-year-old wife, they're going to have their own child. Remember, Sarah laughed. Abraham thought God had lost his mind and Sarah laughed. She thought, I mean, let's face it, we would probably do the same thing, right? Um, but listen, here is, here is the key for Abram and his covenant relationship with God. We talk a lot about covenant relationship here. Then he, Abraham, then he believed in the Lord and he, God, reckoned it to him as righteousness. Abraham was right before God because he placed his faith in God. In Genesis chapter 12, God said, Abraham, get up and go. Leave your people and leave everything and go. Well, Abraham, he obeyed God and he went. He was not made righteous simply by his obedience. It says here in Genesis 15, he believed in the Lord. So Abram puts his faith in God and is made righteous. So his righteousness, and by the way, who called who? Now y'all see, I know I'm starting trouble. Genesis chapter 12, who called who? God called Abram and said, I have a plan for your life. Remember, I'm, you're going to be a blessing. You're going to be a great nation and I'm going to bless you. You're going to have a great name, nation and a blessing, right? And here he says that Abram believed in the Lord and it was counted to him as righteousness. So Abraham's relationship with God is based on his faith. But what does God do in in Genesis chapter 17. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 2, God speaking. And I love this. This is personal. This is personal. 
I will establish or give. I will establish my covenant between me and you. And I will multiply you exceedingly. Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. You will be a father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. So this is where God establishes the sign yeah, the sign of circumcision with Abram. This was simply a sign um, that Abram and the Jews who were to follow as Abram's people, right? As God's people, as Abraham's descendants, simply the sign, the physical sign that they were in a covenant relationship with God. But you see, the challenge in Romans is, and Paul, look, this could be very, very confusing, right? The verses we just read in Romans 2, 25 through 29. You know, it, it, we're talking about people who are circumcised acting like they're uncircumcised, people who are uncircumcised acting like they're circumcised. And then you and I are both wrestling with the fact, can, can a man be right with God just by obeying the law? And Paul, you almost think that when you wrestle with this passage from what Paul is saying, because he's saying those of you who have the sign of the covenant aren't living in obedience. But what about people who don't have the sign of the covenant? Non-Jews, people like me and you, unless you're Jewish, people like me and you, right? He's speaking to the Romans, writing to the Romans. And he's saying some of you, you live your life as though you were circumcised. You're obeying the law. You're, you're, you're good people. You're living the... So we start to think, hold up, can I earn my salvation? What in the world is Paul saying here? Can I do enough good stuff to be right with God? Paul's kind of, so, so everybody really wrestles with this. Paul is building a case like a lawyer. Uh, how many of you like watching Law and Order and those courtroom shows? I know I'm a bad one for it. I love the courtroom shows. Well, that's what Paul is doing. And in, in Romans 3, 1 through 8 next week, and maybe further, we're, we're going to see because this is all coming to a head here and I don't want to spoil it for us yet. So Paul is uh, speaking to the Romans. We're wrestling with this passage. We see clearly in the Old Testament that Abram was made right with God, not by doing what God said, but by placing his faith in God. It makes it very clear. Matter of fact, Paul's going to take the whole chapter of Romans 4, most of the chapter of Romans 4, and come back to Abram. But I wanted to read a couple of verses. I wanted to go back, take a deep breath here. Deuteronomy, maybe this whole deep breath thing is just for me. Maybe you guys got this thing and I'm a little slow. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I love talking to parents and families. I was a pastor to kids and, and teenagers and families for a long time. God said in this passage, I, the Lord, am one God. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Deuteronomy chapter 6, God says this to his people through Moses. Um, you shall love the Lord your God. So we know this thing with God that we have, it's a relationship. And we talked about covenant relationship. But what is this whole idea of circumcision? Listen to, uh, I would love to share with you, I think, Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 16 i think this is where god convicted me this week to slow down 
Interestingly enough, y'all know why the Ten Commandments had to be rewritten, right? Moses comes down from the mountain. People are dancing around, getting drunk, taking their clothes off and worshiping idols. The Jews were crazy, right? Soon as Moses goes up on the mountain to hang out with God, they're all getting crazy, getting liquored up, dancing and making idols, right? And so Moses gets angry, breaks them, has to go back up. He gets, okay, so you got the idea. Listen to what God, um, listen to what God says to his people through Moses. Uh, first of all, he says, and I'm going to go back to verse 15. Yet on your fathers did the Lord set his affection to love them. And he chose their descendants after them. Even you above all people as it is to this day. Now, so circumcise your heart and stiffen your neck no longer. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God who does not show partiality or take a bribe. As a matter of fact, I was going to stop in verse 16 and just read you the one verse, but listen to 18. He executes justice for the orphan and the widow and shows his love for the stranger by giving him food and clothing. So what is God saying here to his people? God is saying to his people, uh, I'm, hey, double check that heater. Make sure there's still heat coming out of there. I'm not used to smelling that thing and I smell it a little bit. I just want to make sure, uh, make sure we're good. Um, it's good? No. All right. Thank you. So, so God is saying to his people here, circumcise your hearts. As a matter of fact, if I were to turn to Jeremiah chapter 4, Jeremiah chapter 4, and I would read, God is getting ready to judge his people, the Jews, his people. They're getting ready to go into exile. And Judah, uh, excuse me, and then Jeremiah the prophet is making them aware of this, right? Prophets had a tough job. They usually were bringing bad news. Jeremiah 4.4. 4. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. It gets a little more personal here, y'all. And remove the foreskins of your heart. God says, look, there's stuff covered, there's junk cover, there's stuff covering up your heart that's causing you to sin. In other places in the Word of God, he calls it a hard heart. Here he says, circumcise yourselves to the Lord and remove the foreskins of your heart. Listen, what God is continuing to say to his people in the Old Testament, Paul is saying to his people in the New Testament. He says, look, knowing the Word of God or having the law will not save you. He says, um, being this, having this sign of a relationship. Think about what a sign of a relationship with God would be like in our country. Um, coming to church every Sunday. Somebody say, oh, oh, I see so-and-so. You go to church every week. You must be right with God, right? Well, we hope that's the case, right? We hope that that's why, but, but not necessarily the case. Th that's right. And, and maybe, and so this, I, that's right. See, Quentin's tracking. <laughs> but see, so just coming to church or just getting baptized or just walking the aisle and joining the church, those things, 
those are might all be evidence of what God's doing in your life, but that will not save you. That will not save me. We have to be very, very careful. Amen. So Paul is saying here in, in Romans 2 to the, these non-Jewish Roman believers, but now here's Paul. I'm, Paul is a Jew of the Jews, right? Paul's a Jewish guy. And he's saying here, just because you're circumcised and just because God gave us these tablets and called us his people doesn't mean that we're automatically right with God. That's right. That's circum. That, that's right. Yeah. Amen, brother. So, so Paul's saying just because you call yourself a Jew doesn't make you a Jew. And Paul's saying just because just because you're not Jewish doesn't mean that you can't be right with God. And, and we had to be careful. And 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 here's where we want to be careful, uh, not to judge one another in error. Um. We're church folk. We're right with God. You're not. I, I, I think as we next week, we're going to um, we're going to take a break from Romans and, and, and we're going to spend a couple of weeks celebrating Christmas. Right. Celebrating the birth of Christ, the birth of our Savior. And um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, I think I was kind of inspired by the article I read last night about um, how we judge one another or how men judge women, or even um, the women in the Bible, and, and how it's very easy to say, oh, that person can't be right with God. Or, oh, this person, oh my, he's right with God. And Paul says to his Roman believers, and he's setting this whole thing up, and I don't want to give, I, I kind of do want to give it away, but I want to wait. When we get into Romans chapter 3, um, it's all going to come to a head this morning, I just wanted to say briefly, I just wanted to say briefly what God said to me this week. And that was um, just like in the Old Testament, just like Abram fell on his face in humility before God. Abram fell on his face in humility before God. Abraham's heart was circumcised. There are outward signs of religion and, and, and look, those are all well and good things, but what God cares and what God sees and what God desires is to have your heart, the condition of your heart, the condition of my heart. And he's certainly talking about salvation, becoming a child of God, being in covenant relationship, being in right relationship with God. And he says it here in Romans 2.29, very specifically, uh, he well, I should say he implies, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that which is of the heart. And here's the clue, by the spirit, not by the letter. And his praise is not from men, but from God. The letter of the law, some outward obedience will not save me, but the spirit of God who who puts it on my heart to become right with God through Jesus Christ is where your, our, my salvation lies. And we can't, the gospel, we have to be very, we, I, all of us, very, very thoughtful about what the word of God says here in Romans. Because it's, it's, com it's confusing. 
it's confusing in it could be confusing in the end of chapter two and the beginning of chapter three here what paul is really communicating um what he's communicating is the judgment and the wrath of god awaits all who don't humble themselves and become followers of jesus christ that living a good life won't save you coming to church won't save you being baptized won't save you but it is you in right relationship with god confessing your sinfulness asking christ to be your savior believing with certainty that jesus christ is god and placing your faith and trust in him so this morning um the challenge to us is one if is we claim to be followers of jesus christ are we extending the love of jesus christ to others question mark um am i a grace giver um as i receive god's grace am i a grace giver do you have you had that moment in time in your life where the holy spirit circumcised your heart that day that you can point to and say i'm a follower of jesus christ i confessed my sins i was broken over my own sinfulness i wept whatever it was i wept i was broken i recognized my need for god and believed that only jesus christ could save me therein lies your salvation have you experienced that have you called out to him have you had that day that moment in your life that is how you will know that you're a follower of jesus christ when i was broken over my sinfulness um when i confessed my sins to god when i asked jesus for forgiveness when i said jesus i believe in you and none no other um, that is circumcision of the heart by the holy spirit who calls us to salvation there are outward signs of religion and good things that we do amen praise god because a lot of it is 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 it is signs of your spiritual growth we want to have spiritual growth in our lives but are you extending the love of jesus christ to others in your lifestyle in your care for others or even sharing the gospel with someone who might need to hear it a lot of people are sad and lonely at christmas a lot of people um are kind of separated from their families this coronavirus has the world upside down you know what a good word from you um sharing a gospel with a friend who who may not have that same hope that you have someone that needs to hear the gospel and as followers of jesus last question are we continuing to apply the gospel to our own lives are we continuing to apply the gospel to our own lives the gospel is not one and done i'm saved now time to move on the gospel impact continues to impact our lives am i extending grace to others am i extending forgiveness to others am i a forgiving person am i a loving person do i forgive others the same way jesus forgives me see the gospel continues to impact our lives so i'm going to pray but then uh uh after i pray we are going to um, share in the lord's supper this morning before we move on to food pantry father god this morning i thank you for the truth of your word father god i thank you for the knowledge of your people lord god in the past who loved you followed you made mistakes lord god experience your discipline some experience your wrath 
Father God, I pray that no one here today will experience your wrath, but that men and women will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. Father God, I pray that our hearts will be circumcised. Father God, I pray that we will follow you in humility and truth. Father, we thank you for your word as we receive, Lord God, communion as a sign of our faith in you. We thank you for this personal time that we will spend together. In Jesus' name, amen.